Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubeerless, the show. What happens on it? Why are you listening to it? Well, basically, I consume a metric shit ton of media on a regular basis. So, I could just, you know, throw that in the old noggin, let it sit there, and slowly drive me mad, or as I have chosen to do, I could uh, pour it forth. Now, I could pour it on others uh, in my uh, real life, IRL, as I believe the kids used to say. I don't know if they still do. <coughs> or I could uh, uh, only pour it to those who uh, clicked a button, and it's your own fault for clicking the button at this point, so you screwed. You screwed. Um... I guess, speaking of button pushes... Oh, segue. Nice segue. Uh, I'm going to push one that will get us started into the various segments of the things that we talk about. Oh, my God. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Tom Selleck's Mustache. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie, question mark, the first, Bo Burnham, colon, Inside. Oh, have you watched this thing? Uh, uh, have you experienced? It's perhaps uh, uh, more accurate because passively watching this uh, 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 stand-up special again question mark um i almost feel like is not an option uh it it, it did things to my mind watching this it's uh, i feel like i experienced the entire range of human emotions i laughed yes often yes um but uh it was also incredibly uh, uh, uh it was scary sometimes it was sad and depressing it was uh, happy and joyful and silly and uh, uh, normally, and I've said this before, I don't bring back uh, stand-up specials, although I watch them fairly regularly, which is a word that I apparently have difficulty saying. Uh, however, the, 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 the reason I don't normally bring them back is because it's, you know, it's a stand-up special. People uh, standing on stage telling jokes. There's not much to talk about, really, unless I want to, you know, say the jokes, uh, talk about how good it is or how bad it is in certain cases, I'm sure. Uh, however, this was uh, definitely something different. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, and I feel like, uh, if anything, this will get more and more popular, um, he, Bo Burnham, that is, uh, uh, filmed, edited, uh, uh, everything involved with the process, seemingly, uh, in the privacy 
of his own uh, home, his own apartment, uh, over the course of a year and change. Uh, and seemingly, it uh, drove him somewhat insane. Uh, now, uh, parts parts of it, <laughs> it, 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 it's a sort of a process. And the some of the fear, some of my anxiousness of watching this, which I'm sure many will have uh, for maybe many different reasons, uh, is I spent some time... Uh, uh, years and years ago, uh, in a, uh, 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 well, I guess the only way to say it was a, a mental ward of a hospital for, uh, suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, I believe they do call it, uh, general depression, you know, things of that nature that, uh, you know, you listening to this, if you ever have feelings that you think are sort of treading in these waters, uh, uh now you have the, uh, the, the ability to, you know, let someone know take care of it don't just let it fester i feel like uh more and more uh the ability to do that rather than do what i did uh is more ready i don't know if it's more readily available but this sort of stigma perhaps is is lessened so you know that's a good thing that's of the good things that are happening in this day and age uh people being able to talk about their mental health issues is one of them yeah, and uh, we see some of that here. So some of my anxiousness was the fact that I saw things he was doing um, and saying that reminded me of that time, reminded me of being in that headspace. Um, so for those of you who see this and think maybe it's just, you know, uh, uh, art or uh, he was, you know, sort of making it up. I suppose that's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, if he does, he's a fucking very good actor. But uh, there, there, there's things, there's there's sort of small, subtle things even. Like um, there's a part where, I think it's a part where he's talking about how he was a year in. Uh, and his, his uh, leg is like twitching up and down. And I remember being in that state and just sort of the leg twitching and then and, and it just sort of sends shivers down my spine uh so <laughs> rating wise i gotta give this like a five or a six out of five it's just an incredible piece of art it's it is a piece of art yeah now is it a, a hilarious comedy special at times it is at times it is but uh, uh those times are you know not they're, they're perhaps peppered throughout let's say you're also gonna learn um learn things as well about sort of a, a the state of the world and how uh, sad and depressing and fraught it is let's say so yeah i definitely recommend I will be honest as well. I was not uh, incredibly familiar with Bo Burnham as a stand-up. I had heard of him, but I don't think I'd really uh, experienced uh, any of his work really before. Um, but uh, now that I have, you know, uh, after this, I'll definitely be uh, keeping my eyes peeled for other uh, other stuff he puts out into the world. <laughs> Just one final note. Uh, about halfway through this, or, you know, three-quarters of the way through, whatever, uh, I, I, I started Googling, I started going on Twitter just to make sure he was okay still. Uh, and and uh, at least from my findings, yeah, it seems like he's fine. So, <laughs> like, that's the state it put me on. I was, like, worried. I was worried about him. Uh, much later, <laughs> moving on to a movie from 1990 starring none other than Mr. 
Tom Selleck. You know what? If you're going to watch Inside with Bo Burnham, this would be a perfect palate cleanser movie. Sharpshooter Matt Quigley is hired from Wyoming by an Australian rancher paying a very high price. But when Quigley arrives down under, all is not as it seems. Of course, starring Mr. Tom Selleck himself. Um, I know he's done a bunch of uh, Western movies, and I wonder if this was the first. I kind of feel like it probably was. Uh, the one thing you need to know of this that sort of makes this a very good movie, not that it wouldn't be, you know, just with Tom Selleck uh, and his mustache, is the fact that the bad guy of this movie is played by none other than Alan Rickman. Folks, when your movie has a bad guy and that bad guy is played by Alan Rickman, your movie is going to be a good movie. Period. Full stop. Uh, this is a sort of blast from the past uh, in, in many regards. Uh, I remember I, I have the DVD. I watched this on... Uh, did I, where did I watch this? I can't remember. Um, it, it, it's perhaps not a widely known film. It is one in which... Uh, this is a category that happens from time to time. That I repeatedly ask the missus if she wants to watch. <laughs> to a probably uh, annoying degree. And she always said no. And you know what I'll say? I was watching it and she sat down uh, as I was watching it. And started watching it for a bit. And seemed to like it. So, you know, that's not the first time that's happened either. And it probably won't be the last, so just watch the movies I say that you'll probably enjoy, because this is a sort of lighthearted, some comedic moments, some sort of uh, uh, sad moments, some crazy moments, uh, quite often in the form of the character Crazy Cora who uh, uh, Tom Selleck's character sort of gets uh, embroiled in. So uh, basically, and, 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 uh, this is one of the reasons you end up liking uh, Tom Selleck. He finds that uh, Alan Rickman's character uh, didn't hire him to kill dingoes, as was advertised, but uh, instead to kill aborigines. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, not happy with that fact, he, uh, sort of, uh, beats him up a bit, and then it's sort of a, a, a war, uh, between the two of them, um, Alan Rickman and his band of, uh, you know, asshole men, and then, uh, usually, uh, sort of white knight, uh, uh, Matthew Quigley, and it's just sort of a, a feel-good western that takes place in Australia, uh, Rating-wise, I think I go like a, a, a geez, do I go five? It, it, it's a movie that I feel like I'd watch every couple of years. Just sort of a, a light-hearted, good Sunday movie vibe. Definitely a good palate cleanser after Bo Burnham Inside. You know what? Bo Burnham Inside and Quigley Down Under. Uh, to be honest, that's actually, I'm just realizing, that's a, a really good combination. A really good back-to-back little movie marathon there. Uh, make sure you do them in that order. Because if you did them the other way around... <laughs> that would not be a good idea. Pushing other button now. <coughs> game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Commodore Red, which is a large crimson bottle of cheap sugary wine made of 
poverty, sugar, artificial taste enhancers, a vague memory of grapes. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, I have two games, uh, both actually going to fall into uh, the same category of games that I plan on going back to and have left installed on my PC. However, sometimes when I say that, I don't. Those games are Caves of Quid, Q-U-D, I would say Quid, I guess, and Disco Elysium. Ah, uh, Disco Elysium, I feel like... Uh, uh, exploded onto the scene back in 2019. Uh, incredibly high uh, uh, reviews, uh, seemingly looked on more as uh, similar to Bo Burnham's Inside, looked on as a piece of art. Uh, and I can verify the fact that uh, beauty uh, abounds both in sort of uh, its art style its story, the way in which the story is told, which is a, a sort of something I don't think I've ever experienced before. I've played some, you know, point-and-click adventures. I've played some graphic novels. Um, played some walking simulators. This has some of those elements, but uh, it, it's doing things with gameplay that I haven't done, uh, which mostly comes in the form of uh, uh, you're sort of walking through this story and different, we'll say, different elements of your mind are sort of, uh, it's almost as if they're pointing things out to you, they're helping you solve puzzles or complete tasks, and the stronger areas of your mind uh, uh, are better at certain things than others. And, and body, mind and body. Uh, but mostly mind is where the sort of, uh, at least for me, the interest comes through. Uh, and each of these uh, areas... Uh, we'll have like a, a sort of different voice uh, and just sort of a fascinating where I know it won a lot of awards. Um, now, the issue is, uh, well, twofold. Um, uh, Longtime listeners, if such a thing exists, will know that uh, primarily when I'm playing a video game, I'm also, you know, watching YouTube or watching a movie or I, I have something on in the background. Uh, with a game like this, that's not really viable because it's so story heavy. So, although each time I played it, I had great enjoyment, uh, <clears throat> have that sort of, uh, nagging feeling of, uh, oh man, I, I you know, I, I got so much shit I want to do. Just, uh, I, I have so much media I need to consume. Uh, and this is a, a error of my brain, not, uh, the game, um, that sometimes I felt like, uh, yeah, you know, do I want to play this now or do I want to play this other game while, you know, watching, uh, I'm just looking at my TV right now, Funhouse, for example. So uh, there's that issue. Now, I do plan to go back. Uh, it, 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 I kind of feel like I need to be in the right mind space. One thing, um, uh, <laughs> if, if for anything, I want to go back to pick up the... Uh, the uh, dice that I ordered from a dice maker that was in the game. Yeah, that was a thing for some reason. So you're playing a cop who's trying to solve a missed a murder, uh, a hanged man, uh, which I believe I've, I've basically, I've gotten to the point where I know who's done it. I, I found the person who's done it, the, the people who've done it, they've confessed to me. But I'm in this sort of tricky situation of where my power is limited and I can't really seemingly just arrest them um 
uh, sort of an interesting world in which this uh, the, this game takes place. A lot of uh, politics, which is, you know, perhaps one of the other reasons why I might give this a 4 out of 5 instead of a 5 out of 5 is uh, politics, you know, unions, uh, labor disputes, things of that nature, while interesting to some, you know, uh, not particularly to me. Uh, same reason why when playing uh, D&D, uh, uh, games that focus on, you know, sort of political intrigue and things of that nature. Uh, I spoke of it when um, watching the Witcher uh, b -b -b television show, how some of the, or uh, or was it the books? Yeah, when, when reading the, the Witcher books, uh, the ones that seem to focus a lot on political intrigue, I found myself just skipping great swaths of it because I have very little to no interest in that sort of thing. And this game sort of delves into that. Again, this is a my issue, not a game issue. It is a, a beautiful and incredible, uh, incredible game that I do plan to go back to, having, you know, with that asterisk. Caves of Quid. Uh, early access, which I, I tried to avoid, however, uh, seemed so far up my alley that I took a chance, and I am glad I did, because uh, so far so good. Um, it is sort of reminiscent of, uh, and I think this is one of the reasons that I, I kept seeing it and being like, oh, that looks interesting, uh, reminiscent slightly of uh, Dwarf Fortress. More in terms of visuals, uh, less I suppose in terms of gameplay, because you're not really uh, you're not really building anything. So um, it, it's a very oh shoot, what, what is the term? Well, it's a roguelike, um, but it's also randomly randomly generated. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's the word I'm looking for. So uh, it takes place in a, a, a sort of uh, it says here a post-apocalyptic science fantasy awesome so you're gonna have all sorts of weird stuff going on weird and uh, unexpected and random both in terms of uh, it, it's being actually random and also it's being sort of things that you probably haven't seen before um and the visuals are very very simple like you're just this little little sprites on screen the, the graphics is a strong word <laughs> and i don't mind that I, I i sort of like games like this they're they're I feel like sometimes you they allow you to use your imagination more than just sort of a fully rendered human being uh, on a screen would. Uh, Rating-wise, I feel like it might be a game that I... Uh, this is another category we've spoken of a few times. A game that I leave installed. Now, it's still in early access, so I'm excited to see where it goes. But... Uh, uh, and it's a roguelike, which is one that uh, lends itself well to sort of picking up and playing. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it's that sort of game that periodically I'll just sort of dust off and play. Uh, let me just see what is in that category right now. So, uh, Faster Than Light, uh, Terraria, Stardew Valley, uh, Neo Scavenger, Rust, uh, Skyrim... These are just sort of games. Baldur, Baldur's Gate, yeah, definitely. One and two. I've got Age of Empires, yeah, yeah. These are just sort of games that periodically... Uh, I, I'll sort of leave these installed because I know periodically I'll, I'll want to just dust them off and play them a little bit. And I think that might happen with Caves of Quid. Uh, fingers crossed that it does because those are really... 
those are you know well literally i have them in a in a folder of my steam library called favorites so you know it's a good indication that i like them uh so that's caves of quid and disco elysium pushing another button now i think yes this one Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Todd Glass Ad Readings. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, we have some interesting things here. First is Critical Role Campaign 1. Yes, I have started Campaign 1. Oh, you know what? I have to look at what episode I have made it to for my show notes. Oh, I'm looking forward to, just on the note of show notes, (laughs) Uh, uh, post episode, uh, 600, uh, where I will, uh, stop having show notes. <laughs> this is exciting. It's just going to be, you know, like, um, uh, sh- show, uh, it's my show notes will be like episode 601. This is episode 601. You know, it's going to be very simple, bare bones, almost nothing. Okay. So I've made it to episode 18 so that's 17 all right good to bed uh yeah so uh i recommend this uh now i've only done it this way so i don't know other ways that people have done this but it worked well well for me in my sort of research and uh, anecdotal findings when it comes to critical role there is a shit ton to wade through uh, it was for why for the longest time I uh, sort of didn't uh, dip my toe into it because it was just the sort of this massive hundreds of episodes of a, uh, a an actual play Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast and a video whatever you call it um, that just looked impenetrable. So when the quarantine happened. Uh, I figured, you know what, now's, uh, <laughs> you're never going to get a better time. Um, so I looked into it and found that uh, there was a lot of people advising that you start with Campaign Do, which is what I did. Uh, and, and I'm happy that I did. Uh, the amount of times that things from Campaign 1 are sort of referenced in Campaign 2 is few and far between to the degree where you're never really going to feel like you're, you're, you're hugely missing out on anything. Just, just the odd nod every once in a while. Um, so, uh, I'm glad I did it that way. Now with campaign two over, as we spoke of, uh, uh last episode, uh, I decided, okay, perfect opportunity while they're sort of uh, ramping up for uh, campaign three, uh, I'm going to go back to campaign one and, uh, start that from the beginning. It's a hundred and uh, change episodes. Uh, I am 17 episodes in, and I gotta say, I'm very much liking it. Um, interesting things is that, uh, uh, it, and this just stands to reason just from straight, you know, human getting better at thing as they do it, uh, seeing Matt, uh, DM back in these early episodes and how much, uh, uh, he has progressed from then to now is sort of, a, a fascinating to see. Uh, he, he, what, one thing in particular that I found, uh, interesting, not just that, you know, some of the rules, because he, he'd come over from Pathfinder, which the rules are similar, but different, uh, 
uh, enough that you, you notice sometimes he, uh, you know, mixes up, which I did as well, uh, playing 3.5 originally. Sometimes some of those rules would, uh, w- would creep in. Hell, uh, 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 played a hybrid, uh, 3.5, 5e, uh, at, at one point, which was, uh, which was fun. Anyways, um, uh, he seemed a lot more, uh, combative, uh, with the, uh, with the players, like, uh, uh, in campaign two, uh, it, it always more felt like he was, you know, uh, uh, uh I don't, I don't want to say making things easy cause he didn't do that, but, uh, it would err on the side of, uh, uh, uh having the player being, ex- well, he, I don't know how to say it exactly. Like it, it, it feels like more in this, these initial episodes, these initials, and even now it's almost like it's waving, waning, um, that, uh, he'll try to use the rules to stop the players from doing things sometimes. Yeah, maybe kind of sort of, kind of sort of, you know what it might be? The fact that he did not yet have all the rules down as he does now, combined with the fact that neither did the players, um, that's erred on the side of having the rules be things that are a hindrance rather than a help to the game. Hmm. That almost sounds like it's smart. <laughs> uh, then there's the sort of fascination of uh, Orion Akaba. Wow, that's a handle, man. Um, which uh, I, I was unaware of him because, well, I started with campaign too, so I didn't know there was a uh, an original member who uh, who sort of uh, uh, fell by the wayside uh, and went his separate way. Uh, sort of a fascinating uh, little rabbit hole there. Uh, seemingly. Uh, uh, him leaving the show, I found out it's in, okay, so I got 10 more episodes with him, uh, uh, seemingly, uh, just sort of a different, well, there was some drama, uh, the, the details are fuzzy apparently, uh, um, but I, I think what it can boil down to is just different play styles potentially uh just some from what i've seen so far that that maybe that's what it is uh some not all people are going to uh, uh, fit in at every table N- yeah you know boiled down not everyone is always going to get around get along with everyone else and uh, you need to sort of take that time to uh, to craft a, a, a table that fits your needs and the needs of the players. That sort of thing is what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, story-wise, episode, campaign one, uh, I'm digging it. They sort of uh, started on the Underdark, which is always exciting. Uh, we didn't get much Underdark in campaign two, if I do recall. Um, we got some elithids, so that was fun. Beholders, you know, breaking out some, some, some big, big monsters, I feel like. So, uh, so that's been cool. Uh, and, and overall, uh, uh, I'm digging it. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, I would almost say, uh, excited to see where it grows and, uh, uh, goes and grows. Okay. I uh, also wanted to mention the, uh, campaign to wrap up, which was a, a delight, um, 
to get some of those sort of uh, the, those loose threads wrapped up, uh, uh, the little behind the scenes things that Matt was uh, uh, planning or ha- had sort of in the works. I-, I think one of the most fascinating things of that was to find out that potentially Matt Koval was going to be a guest on some episodes. That would have been pretty cool. But then the players just went in a, a different direction that made that uh, uh, that that potential thread sort of uh, nipped it. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, then I also wanted to talk uh, briefly about uh, the, and I guess this was a Patreon goal, uh, uh, the Mighty Nine versus Vox uh, Beyond the Lava Dome. Uh, that was a cool idea. Uh, uh, high level, so they were all level 15. Basically, they took uh, some of the characters from the first campaign and some of the characters from the second campaign and fought one another in a giant uh, sort of arena uh, filled with, you know, lava and uh, magic and all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, uh, this sort of thing could be fun. Uh, it was four hours, and that's because uh, uh, level 15, uh, six players... Uh, everyone's going to have a lot of spells, going to have a lot of hit points, going to have a lot of healing abilities that uh, make a fight like this uh, <laughs> troublesome in terms of how long it takes. Because uh, a D&D is not really designed necessarily for this player on player fighting. It, it, it is fun to do from time to time. I've done it with my players. Uh, I, I would enjoy doing it. I don't know if I've ever really had the opportunity. I suppose I have done some arena once that I could think of. Did I win? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I won. Um, it's, it, it was a cool sort of experiment, if anything. Uh, and fun to see, uh, you know, these high-level characters duke it out. Uh, so uh, I will recommend that. Moving on, moving away from Critical Role to uh, abroad in japan uh i'm pretty sure i've mentioned uh, this uh, uh, individual before a uh, very long running uh, youtube channel called abroad in japan uh he just did an episode or somewhat recently from my perspective called uh, japan's most extreme north hokkaido road hokkaido road trip My groceries are here, which you'll get to hear. Hello. Hi, Buster Gadwick. Hi, how are you? Good, so? Ah, not bad, not bad. Alright, I just delivered you. Alright, thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. Alright, uh, yeah, so those my groceries are uh, just been delivered and they are outside, so I'm going to pause a moment. And we're back. Yes, groceries successfully delivered didn't get one thing that i wanted shucks all right uh where was i uh, abroad in japan japan's most extreme north hakata road trip yes this one was very interesting on a lot of levels uh i liked the what's it gonna say here oh it just says we what was the Oh, Pete. Uh, so there's a, a he brought along a friend named Pete, uh, who's a, a Twitch streamer, it looks like, who was a very funny uh, comedic chops. Yes. Check. Uh, so that made it uh, uh, funny as well as interesting. Uh, it's just something about Japan. It's sort of on my uh, number one on my bucket list of countries I would like to visit, uh, uh, both for, you know, it's uh, 
<laughs> going to a, a hacky borrow and, and going to this sort of a crazy busy uh you know downtown japan or whatever but then also stuff like this like the japanese countryside this in particular <laughs> uh living in canada and seeing how uh, snowy it gets i was uh i was impressed like they get more snow than we do <laughs> uh some of the uh the, the snow drifts were like it had to be like five feet high which uh you know i i don't get that much snow here you, even when we uh even when we clear uh at the driveway it, it doesn't usually get that high so needless to say impressive snow and this is coming from a canadian <laughs> Uh, they had, I think the highlight of this was just the, uh, uh, incredible, uh, Buddha that they visited. Um, it was like snowing out, uh, it was open to the air and it was just massive. And they sort of, uh, uh you come through this like tunnel, um, and just suddenly it's almost like suddenly it's there and you look up and you can see the 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 sky and the snow coming down and there's sort of snow on the buddha really just incredible uh, i feel like uh you need to type in i drove to japan's most extreme north haikota road trip abroad in japan and watch it for yourself particularly around minute 13 or so and you're going to see this, uh, I think maybe the, the, the just coolest looking Buddha I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of Buddhas. Hell, I have one. Uh, uh, or does he have me? Interesting. Uh, last but not least, uh, Never Not Funny had guest Todd Glass. Yes, Todd Glass on Never Not Funny is, uh, you know, top tier. That's, that's S tier guest in terms of uh, Never Not Funny guest. Todd Glass, right at the top. You got uh, Scott Ackerman's up there. Todd Glass, oh jeez, who else is up there? Oh, uh, what the hell's her name? Oh, I always forget her name. Jen Kirkman, she's she's great on there. So many good guests. Uh, but uh, this one was fun because uh, it was Todd's first uh, in-studio uh, uh, podcast guesting since the pandemic, so that was exciting. His his first post-vaxed guest uh, guesting, which uh, was interesting, and. Like when, when all this happened and a podcast started going to zoom and, uh, you know, recording, uh, not in person, you know, uh, we all made do, uh, podcasters, uh, listeners and makers alike. They, they sort of, you know, this is how it's gotta be. So this is how it's gotta be. And I never thought it was bad. Uh, I, I, I didn't up until listening to this episode, I almost feel like, uh, I, I didn't think the quality of podcasts uh, during COVID times had declined really a, a, a great noticeable amount. However, uh, and maybe it's because it was his first time back and there's this sort of excitement in the air. Uh, but, but this, well, the fact that I'm bringing it back to the internet intercourse segment where I bring things back from the internet that I love <laughs> should give you some indication. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's something you get with in person that I guess you just don't, um, when you're doing it via zoom, uh, uh, the, the, the timing, the excitement, the, 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 the laughs, I don't know. It's the, it is sort of, I felt like after listening to this, it is just tangibly better. Uh, so, you know, sort of fascinating for that reason alone, I would say, I would say, 
Uh, all right, folks. Uh, no, nothing affected this podcast, of course, because I don't have guests, and it's not good regardless. Yay, we did it. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper